What's up, guys? Shitface Sober, Jeff N. Kyle. And we got a really special guest, man. The coolest sheriff I've ever met in my life. Sheriff? Uh, uh, Jeff and Kyle, thanks for having me on. And uh, I don't know if I'm the coolest sheriff, but I am a sheriff. Yeah. No, you're definitely the coolest. The first time I met, I mean, like, when you, like, being in recovery, like, you meet, uh, you know, sheriff, police, law enforcement in general. You're just kind of, like, nervous, like, when you're out there. I get it. And then even when you get right, when the ship's on the right path, sure. you're still worried about pirates. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I spent my whole life trying to get away from these guys, and then I emailed them. You know, the other day, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is like my fingers are... <laughs> I'm emailing a cop, yeah. for sakes. Well, how did it feel the other day when you and I were sitting in the jury box? Yeah. Uh, and we're getting ready, you're getting ready to speak in front of a graduation of people that have just completed drug court, and you sit next to the sheriff. I, I didn't realize what you were thinking. Were you thinking bad things about no, me? No, man. I I mean, naturally, I always got like this gutter mind. But like when I met you, I got home and I told my wife, I was like, this is the coolest guy I met. You were just so open and like the truth yeah. that was like, we established it quick. And I don't yeah. know if you're like that with everyone. I certainly am not that quick, but sure. it was like, it was magic, man. Well, I think, you know what, Jeff, when you meet people and you know people are real and um, it's who they are and they accept who they are. Uh, I hope you feel the same way about me. I accept who I am in life. And I'm a flawed man just like anybody else. And I think when you get in this uniform, people look in the mirror sometimes and go, I, I'm, I'm better than you. No, I'm not. I'm human just like you are, just like the two of you are. All right. It's easy to relate, too, by the way. Because, by the way, I've dealt with your kind of people that have been— uh, What do you, you mean, know, your uh, kind? Uh, listen, <laughs> addicted, right? addicted to something yeah, yeah. that's usually been illegal, and you've helped with my stats, and I appreciate it. Oh, Back okay. in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, anyways, on a serious note, too, too, as well, you know, we've all been in situations in life, and however— People get caught, and most people don't get caught. That's the big difference, by the way. So I, 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 I relate to you, mm -hmm. meaning that I, I now full circle 30 years in my professional career. I can actually talk to you and share my experiences, my mistakes, by the way, too, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, being a young police officer, and everybody goes to jail. You know, Everybody goes to jail, stat-driven. Well, now, as a sheriff in St. John's County, not everybody goes to jail, by the way. We're, we're in customer service-based business, which you got to help people. Yeah. You know, and to meet people like you that want to talk to me and share stories, it's, it's powerful to me because you could easily say, I don't have nothing to do with this guy. I mean, you guys have been on our back. Because we do. We do make bad mistakes in law enforcement. And we go down that rabbit hole. We ruin careers. But then again, I look back and say, no, you kind of ruined your own career. I just kind of helped you. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of saving thing. lives, really, because that's you know you were at the beach before, yeah. and um and I remember because you, your guys got me in a parking lot. You being serious? At, yeah, one hundred percent. I was at a McDonald's and I was just hanging out, and I kind of fell asleep, you know, and uh and then next thing I know, I get a knock on my window. And I was like, motherfucking beach police! I thought y'all were the cool ones. Oh, can, we say that? <laughs> can we say that shit on here? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, gotcha. Well, look, yeah, I mean, I, you got in the perfect Wait, question. I got to hear this though. Yeah. yeah. Got you for what? Uh, possession. So I mean, oh, okay. it was my this wasn't in your sober days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were the rest of this kind of Yeah, no. Up. So it was, oh, it was okay. possession. Yeah. So I, I look back at that time. It was a huge resentment. But I'm like, you know, it set me yeah, on this path of that. like, you know, I needed it. Somebody needed to step in, and and yeah. and the the men in blue because yeah. that's they were the blue over there. Y'all, yes, y'all yeah. green. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, did saved perfect. my life. You did save your life, and this perfect segue. Like our first question we like to ask is what it's like to be you, Sheriff Hardwick. <sighs> you know, it's a that's a that's a that's a hard question, and uh, I don't take what I do uh, for granted, by the way. I've been blessed with a beautiful wife that has stood by me through thick and thin, and that's a, that's a long definition, another podcast show, by the way. But, you know, we, we got married. You know, we met in a local little high school right here in town, and she moved to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was a, a young paratrooper back then at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and she moved in there. We had our first baby after my first war, you know, tour, and 
Uh, so I, I've, been, I've been blessed in life to have some great things happen where I've got a chance to serve my country, and now I get a, churn, a, a chance to serve my community. You know, and uh, like our re- we're going to talk about this, but our reentry program and, you know, we're going to talk about well, how high our DUI stats are and why they're high, by the way, why they're that high in St. John's County. But um, I will tell you this, I, I, I this is a privilege and it was earned, by the way, it wasn't given to me. And a lot of people believed in me. A lot of people gave Definitely. me an opportunity. And I got to meet people like otherwise we never would have met, by the way, if I wasn't the sheriff of St. John's County, the chances of us meeting are probably slim to none. So I get the privilege of meeting people like you that are willing to tell their story and people like Becca Stevens we talked about a minute ago, but also to, I got my own story too as well. So to wear this uniform, I'm, 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 I'm proud to sit on here with you, by the way. For you to invite me on your show, um, I'm proud, by the way, because not all people get to do this and then get to sit here and talk and listen to you and say, how can we partner up and make a difference in other people's lives and right. stuff? So. I don't know. I don't take this for granted. I, I, I don't. Um, it's a privilege, and I'm proud to wear this uniform, and, and I worked hard to get here. But it came with some valleys, too, you know? A lot of peaks, but a lot of valleys, too, as well. But uh, now I get to make some changes in people's lives. Seriously, make some changes in people's lives. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that after I met you, and this is no bullshit. This is like real talk. I felt safer or a, I felt a closer relationship with law enforcement as a whole. Yeah. Right? Because... Now I was like, oh, wow, there's actually somebody at the head of this that understands what it's like to recover rather than, like you said, put everybody in jail, punishment, sure. like yeah. recovery, I believe, the just from even a financial perspective, but also from like, you know, from a community perspective, the domino effect of getting people to recover versus yeah. just keep putting them away. It's like, it's massive, you know? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's a much bigger picture than jail, and I, jail is not a recovery or a rehab. Now, what it might be, and maybe for you, and you said this a minute ago, it might be that step in the right direction. But you got to have people that want to buy into you, too, as well, and not churn their eye to you. I mean, people are so quick to say, oh, you got arrested, you know. You got arrested, Kyle. You got arrested, Jeff. You know, I want nothing to do with you anymore, you know. We throw stones in a house of glass. And then here we are as a sheriff of St. John's County going, hey, we're not doing that. You know, my daughter-in-law is in mental health and substance abuse, and she is, she's like, you know, we can help a lot of people. She can, she can, and she takes it, you know, literal. And she was never in your darkest valleys, by the way. That's not who she is. She just happened to grow up in a great home, you know, not that you guys didn't, but, you know, you went down a path that she didn't go down. Mm -hmm. And now she's helping a lot of people out, you know, recovery and mental health. And she gets it, by the way. And she educated me on some stuff too as well. But, you know, with that being said, um, you know, when I get a chance that you, the day you and I met, by the way, you immediately told me your story. It was like something you wanted to confess to me. And you didn't have to, by the way, because I didn't need it. But what I did was it reassured me that, hey, I got someone that's willing to work with me and sit and talk to me and not treat me at a different level than them. And I guarantee that sometimes, you just said a minute ago, there's some times you said, you got to be kidding me, freaking again, man? You guys harassing me again? How are they picking me every single time? But with that being said, now you sit here and go, you saved my life. I didn't save my life. Right. You saved your own life, by the way. Because if you wouldn't have pulled in that parking lot and made a bad decision, we never would have had the chance to interact, meaning law enforcement, to now go down this road and sit here and talk about it, by the way. We're right. saying, you're openly talking about something that people are ashamed to say. I'm not ashamed of you. Yeah, I lived with yeah. shame for a couple of years there, and then, you know, just nothing was working, obviously. And then, sure. I, you know, I, I, for me, it was, I, I didn't think I could, I thought I could do it on my own. Yeah. And and it takes a team. 
you know it really does and um i was introduced to drug court you know i just graduated on friday and um that's a great program here in st john's yeah and from the judge to the coordinator to epic i mean i'm so proud of you brother yeah i appreciate it i don't know it. if everybody knows our connection yeah i've been trying to kind of keep it private but you can go down that road whenever you're ready by the yeah. way so i've been trying to keep it very professional i'm not sure if you shared with him but when he reached over to me he says i'm mentoring that guy over there i wanted to tell him our story by the way yeah i'm not sure he knows our story no nah, i don't think so but I knew I, whenever I was sitting in that, whenever I was sitting in my chair and then you came in and sat down next to him, I was like, this is a God shot right here. Right. You know, because y'all are getting introduced, you know, right before, you know, a less than a couple of days of you coming on here. And yeah. I was like, now he can kind of see who you are. You can see who we are, yeah. you know, and and I was like, this is beautiful, man. This is going to be great. And I was really pumped. And I was like, man, I can't wait for Tuesday. This is meant to be, by the way. He yeah. knows I love his dad, man. John and I go way back. He knows it's a. Uh, it was, it was meant to be, by the way. And then you, you're right. You sitting next to me when I, of course, I came in. And I haven't seen him since he was young. And uh, when I came in and shook his hand and said, congratulations, and I sat next to you and you told me the story of how your connection was him, I was like, what, what, what is the chances of this all coming to full right. circle and us sitting together? Oh, it's astronomical. Like, it's, it's too perfect to be. to be coincidence. Have to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do it like this. We've never done this before on our podcast. We're new, but... We would like to do it where we ask you a question and then you ask us one. And there's no filter here. You know what I mean? So you can ask us whatever you want. So I'll. Do you, you care know, if I drink water on here? I'm like sending. You can drink a beer if you wanted to. But <laughs> oh you don't my drink. Goodness, you don't drink. <laughs> Listen, I've been drinking 13 years. Yeah, you don't want to see awesome. me drinking again. You know? We're going to get like the world record holder for like push ups in here and then get him drunk and then see if he can break it while he's drunk. And then we're going to have drunk versus sober Jeopardy. So like. <laughs> I got some stuff gonna that work for me. We're going to have a Super Bowl too. The okay. Super Bowl for the Super Bowl next year. You can come if you want. We're going to hang out. Yeah, we're going to have a drunk football team versus sober football team. Yeah. And this could be the Super Bowl. So I, I assume you guys don't drink none of that. None of nothing. Zero. Anything that affects you from awesome. the neck well, up. Hell, yeah. you better not. After yeah, you told no. your story on Friday, yeah. That's, I've had questions with him for certain things, and he was like, "Anything that changes the way you feel." And I was like, "Well, I eat, man, and I drink coffee." You know what I mean? And then he made a good point. It was like anything like that is a shortcut. Anything. Huh? It's a shortcut because it's a spiritual program, yeah. you know. And the longer I stay clean, the more spiritual I feel, and that's like a big. You look thing great, for me. my friend. Man, it looks like you got a, you got a ton of bricks off your back. I can yes. see it. But the other thing too, though, I saw your mom and dad, man. You just took a ton of bricks off your mind. Oh, yeah, lying. And, and by the way, they stood, I don't mean to point, they yeah. stood through by you by oh, the time. Oh, no kidding. Most parents, by the way, shut the door, man, get out. I got yep. nothing for you. I can't do it anymore. Not your mom and dad. Dude, that's, okay, we're like in a rabbit hole. We're going to go down rabbit yeah. holes here. Yeah, yeah. All right, first question, man. Okay, because I mean, like, think about it. There's a lot of people that are going to be watching that are normal, and there's a lot of people that are going to be watching that are in recovery, too. So it's like, yeah. you know, there's. I, I like to appease to both sides. So, look, what's the wildest thing you've ever found on a traffic stop? And that could be anything, like a big old, ant, like a snake, or just like some, you know, what's the wildest thing you've ever oh, found on a traffic stop? Oh, going down that road. Yeah, Okay. Man. Um, oh my goodness, probably, probably shouldn't say this on here. Well, the wildest thing I actually, on, on a traffic stop that I had was actually two people having sex in the driver's seat when I pulled them over, where I thought they were DUI. Uh, were they oh, DUI? No kidding. What time they of day was DUI. this? Um, it was late night. So I usually, back when I worked for the city on patrol, I worked from six o'clock at night till two o'clock in the morning. We were kind of the goon squad. I probably shouldn't say that, but we rode bicycles and then we would like double up in these cars. And back then, don't forget in the nineties, we were fighting crack cocaine. But anyway, so, yeah, they were actually, I pulled it over. I got behind them. I formed a pattern on them, uh, meaning a driving pattern, driving pattern on them. And I pulled them over, and I got up there with my flashlight. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got up there with my flashlight. <laughs> he cracks the window down. I said, no, I don't play them games, man. Pull the window all the way down. No. <laughs> there was two heads, one facing that way, one facing oh, that way. Shit. I'm like, 
Lord have mercy. Uh, they were still going at it. it. Did they get a ticket? Uh, well, they were buck naked, first <laughs> yeah. of all. Oh, God. And it was, of course, the one thing they said was like, it was just a check in the box. I said, well, you got the check in the box. Yeah. It's done. I mean, they didn't go to jail, nothing like that. They were okay. totally sober. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. They, they, that's they, sober. Well, that's something they, sober people would do. You well, got the, the they, thrill. They were both married to other people, too, so I think it was another oh, thrill, too, as well. Shit. Just a good old time in St. John's <laughs> oh, County. Oh, God. Come here on vacation, that's leave awesome. on probation. That's yeah, a right, plot yeah. twist. Imagine explaining that to your spouse. Oh, i got to go to court. Oh, what for? Oh, I There was it. no court, because it was one of those things I was like, hey, listen, y'all figured it out. Yeah. If you don't mind, switch seats, go yeah. back to where you came from, put your clothes on, go and have a good day. Go park somewhere, Jesus. Well, that part of the course driving yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's a that's a good answer man i have a lot though because uh i've been the cop 30 something years so i i see a lot of good stuff but it becomes normal you kind of come numb to it yeah and uh but, but that's I, a good party story I'm, man I, i'm a good people person yeah so i have a lot of conversations roadside with a lot of people oh man i would like i bet you're like you like you as a guest at a party probably have so much cool like <laughs> things to drop you know like <laughs> i don't really talk much though because i mean my, my my life at work and my life, you know, I'm a, I'm a football coach too as well. I don't think you and I got down that road, but I've been a football coach for almost 30 years, a youth coach, and uh, we'll go down the road. That'll be another question. Well, okay. your question's next, man. Oh, my question is. Yeah. Okay. What was the worst experience you had with law enforcement that you remember? Okay. Does it have mm. to be American law enforcement or it could be international? Law enforcement. Okay. Check this oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> you you, already had, you yeah. had this ready. Uh, oh, by yeah. the way, these questions are not no, staged. He, yeah. yeah. He doesn't. He, he's, uh, no. He's, uh, quick. He's Let quick. me hear it. Okay. So. Kyle, yours is next. I was down in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, God. And I was like 19 years old. I went down there. I was smoking weed. I took a bunch of Xanax. And um, I like to call Xanax like time traveling because like <laughs> you take it on Monday and then you wake up on Wednesday <laughs> thinking it's Tuesday. So, I can't wait to hear these stories, by right? the way, because I've never been there. So I was in a full blackout, man. Like I was here, but I wasn't here, you know? And so I was in this full blackout and I was with one of my best friends at the time and I blacked out. I woke up in the back of my own car on the main road. I booked a hotel room and everything, but I was bloody. I was wearing one flip-flop and I, I got ended up getting flashbacks that um, I had gotten beat up by three federales and they stole my new phone and my fake ID and all this shit, right? And like, I was bloody. And then I got over the border and then I, I was like, man, my fake ID, like I didn't even care about the phone. The fake ID was just so good. <laughs> and so I get a letter in the mail saying, someone in Simi Valley found your wallet in Tijuana, Mexico. Come to Simi Valley Police Department to get it. And so I like was like stressing like maybe, and it listed two IDs as property. And so I drove down to Simi Valley because I was like, I got to get this ID, man. And they gave it back to me, dude. They gave it back to me. Both IDs were there. The real one that said my real birthday and then the fake one that said my other birthday. And this is past statute of limitations now. So like totally safe play. But that was my worst. Federalis beat me up. Simi Valley kind of evened it out by giving it back, man. By the way, t being on, be doing that in Tijuana is not a, that's not. I don't recommend it, guys. <laughs> what do you call it? Time travel? Time today? travel. Yeah, Xanax time traveling. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. What, what, two or three days? You, you missed yeah. two, oh, two days? or three. If you oh, abuse I stayed away it. from those. Yeah, if those things are scary, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> stay away yeah. from those. I remember the first time I did one of those in high school. I, I, I did a couple of them and passed out on the way to my brother's house and woke up at my friend's house like six hours later, halfway out of the truck, and then got brought into the car somehow or into the house somehow and then woke up the next day and everybody was laughing at me. And they said I was just like, I was sleeping the whole time, but I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Oh. Like I was smart enough to stay away from those, but anything else, like shoot it. <laughs> okay, so like, yeah, tell me about the ID best story? fake ID story. Yeah, let's hear. Okay, it. so when I was 18 years old, I joined the military at 17, and I came back home uh, at 18. So, um, and I was home visiting, and I partied hard back then. Anyways, I came back. Not y'all's version of party hard, by the way. 
just alcohol. Anyways, came back home. A couple of my buddies were driving around. You know where Ocean Trace Road's at, right. Oasis, right? So we're out driving and drinking, and um, I get we get pulled over on the sand for no headlights on my truck. I had a full-wheel drive Toyota pickup truck, you know. So as I get pulled over, and uh, cop was not so nice. Anyways, uh, beach cop, and I full circle, by the way, I became the chief of that agency. Yeah, that's did. what's yeah, funny. Anyways, like, yeah. Imagine life's, the guys good, that pulled friend. you he, over, and now they're like, oh, what? They, now he, they're going to be thinking, this guy I'm pulling over could be the sheriff someday. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't employed after I, I became the chief, by the way. So that's another story. But so I, I get pulled over. So anyway, so um, he's like, are, are you uh, 21 years old? And I said, no, but the dude with me was 21. He could have easily said... I'm 21. Yeah. It's my beer. But he didn't go down that road. Greg, I'm not mad at you. I don't want to say your last name because you're local. <laughs> but anyways, um, so anyway, so he, he's going through my wallet. I'm like, oh, no, because I had a fake ID of a Vermont driver's license in there. He's going through my wallet, and he pulls out my – I'm in the backseat patrol car in handcuffs. He's in the front seat, and he's going through my wallet, and he pulls out the Florida driver's license, and he's like, oh, Robbie Hardwick. And I'm like, yes, sir. And so, I mean, he goes to my wallet, so I was like, I'm through. This is going to be a felony. I'm, th- I'm through, you know. I mean, I'm 18 years old. I'm a kid. And anyway, so he writes a report up, you know, arrest me for possession of alcohol by a minor and possession of clove cigarettes because back then I think clove cigarettes were actually – they weren't mine. Right? You know uh, how, oh, yeah. You know okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they weren't mine. How Y'all many times have you heard that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Not my Zanny bars. It's not mine. Yeah. But anyway, so um, so I'm watching him go through my wallet, and he never he never picks up on the Vermont ID. He knows I'm a local. Yeah. But I had went away to school for a while when my mom and dad got divorced, so I went up north, so I got arrested for possession of alcohol. No by kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 How'd those handcuffs feel? I'm a, I don't care. Yeah. I, I didn't resist. <laughs> did you ever resist? Yeah. Never did. No, you I got, ever body, resist? I, I got oh, so body slammed. Like, I got body question. slammed one time. I, yeah, and, I was uh, always re- respectful, hoping that like maybe I'm going to be let go. Because you and, were time traveling. You know? I know. Right. I remember the last time <laughs> yeah. I got arrested, I was sitting there on the corner, and I was like, oh, and it was for a burglary, and I was like a serious charge, and I didn't. I was like at college, and I was like, oh, I got college class in like an hour and a half. Am I going to be out in time? No way. Yeah, dude. No way, Did the dude. cops ever give you a break? I shouldn't ask questions. Never. Never. I got. I got a few breaks here in town. You're you know a local I mean? man. Yeah, you had I, a few breaks. I did, but I got body slammed by a cop. I was on the run from here one time and um, ended up in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Decided to go out. I was actually doing really well, and I had stuff in my wallet that, like, empty baggies that I didn't know about. Like, they were stuffed way back in there. And I went out one night. It was right after Matthew hit and demolished uh, Hilton Head. Yeah, and I was it. cutting trees up there. And I went out. I was like, I man, I need to. I'm not a big drinker. So I drank two four locos, which was really smart, and then took a shot of tequila with the bartender because I thought she was cute. And um, the next thing I know, I'm passed out in a median. And next thing I know, I'm in the back of a cop car. Next thing I know, I'm in the jail, in the booking. And he comes up to me. He's like, you didn't tell me you had cocaine in your wallet? And I was like, I didn't. You know, I was like, you had my wallet when we walked in here. You know, and then so they charged me with entering contraband. Oh, yeah. And then possession of cocaine and uh, disorderly conduct. And when we get to the courthouse like a month later, because nobody was bailing me out. My parents were like, you're on your own. That's how they always were. Like, they never bailed me out. They were like, you're going to learn. So I'm in, I'm in jail. I lost that job. And um, I get to the courthouse. And I walk into the court because they had the – I was in Beaufort County. And they had to shuttle me all the way to Hilton Head. Yeah. It was like the municipal. Yeah. And uh, we walk in with the cop who arrested me. And I was like, are you the guy that arrested me? And he was like, he's like my age, but he was like all roided up. And I was like, you body slammed me? He's like, I had to. I was like, little skinny me. You had to body slam. He's like, you're out of control. I was like, I was passed out, dude. And then so we get in front of the judge, and the judge goes, is this the sixth case that you've had for entering contraband? Like, do you not check your guys before you go in? He's like, case dismissed, dude. And, and really? then, yeah, dismissed it. And I was oh, like, wow. all right, cool. 
Well, There's the good thing is, if that was a local cop, I was going to call him here and I was going to let you get him back and be like, hey, let him slam yeah, him back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't Dude, like violence. I, actually, I got pulled over the other day by one of your uh, sheriffs in Volano. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, well, I was speed, man. Okay, but it wasn't, fair enough. it was like I pulled out and then there was a car riding me. And you know, when someone's like really close to the back of you, Take so off. like you're just trying to, and like I had to learn this move in Florida that like when someone's driving really fast behind you, I'm like, dude, I'm going 75 into 70 on the main highway. Right. It's NASCAR. They're drafting. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I was just Gas driving fast <laughs> because you were behind me. And then he knew I was sober and he was like, oh, we actually, his name was Mike. Great guy. Mike. Yeah. One of my best. He was a great guy. And, um, and he get, he, you know, he's like, oh, you're a local. Looked at my ID. He was like, you know, we shot it up about like chopped he's it up. He's a great about kid, the, man. Yeah. Does the right thing. Yeah, it does the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, where it's just like, I'm getting used to that. Even 12 years sober past that life. It feels like it was a different life where I'm like, now, like, man, I can interact with society in like a positive way and like get the benefit of being a positive contributing citizen rather than everyone's out to get me. Well, it doesn't change the fact that no matter, I don't, I don't think this will ever change for me. Every time that I'm in front of a cop car, I'm always looking. Or anytime I pass one on the road, I'm still looking like, really? no, I'm going. And I, and I, like, I've been told I drive like a grandpa sometimes. Like, I drive below the speed limit or right at the speed limit or five over. And even passing by, I'm like, is he turning around? Like, is he? Yeah. Is this, <laughs> but they never do. It's just like, yeah. it's got to look. It's been, it's, yeah. been, it's been embedded in your head. It's been there it's for like, years, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, not, we're not all bad, by the way. I got a question. So we're right next to this train track. And um, so oh, yeah. how illegal is it for me to hop on one of those trains and just like hobo. train hopping? Yeah. Why, why are we thinking about this? Is it necessary? Uh, no. It's just you, why would you go to? It's just let me just buy a ticket for the Amtrak. Yeah, but they, you know, I don't want to go. We got to get a placa for that. You so know, you realize, <laughs> that, you know, when you when you when you step on that property over there for the yeah. railroad, that's nothing to do with us. Trust yeah. us. That's Florida East Coast Railway. They they have their own police force. Oh, they what? got. Oh, okay. Yes, they got their own police force. Yeah. Now we can arrest. I would have never googled that. Yeah, they got their own uh, police force. The Florida <laughs> East Coast Railroad Police. They actually got their own uh, statutes they abide by and everything else. They have federal powers, as you know, because that's actually federal. You know, transmission of goods, basically. Oh, wow. so they got oh, a little I'm bit goods. more. Yeah, I'm a goods. You are a goods. Yeah. It's but not I just necessary. You know. Let me do this. Let me just arrange. I got a lot of buddies. I can just arrange. We can pretend like you're trespassing. You're yeah. really not because I got friends. Jump on the damn train. Check your box and come back. That's awesome. Listen, a great you answer. Yeah, finished drug that. court on Friday. Yeah. You're like thinking about, hey, how can well, I go back to jail? No more drugs. No more drinking. But let's do trespassing. Yeah, now. right. I'm, an, I'm a trespasser. Yeah, I mean, I'm in an hour. You know what I mean? Like, Honestly, because like, dude, check, I guess like, check that box. Growing you know? up, I mean, like you know, like growing up, like we're in this generation where like we were playing outside. Like we didn't, we weren't on the computer and the phone. Our whole kids so drinking we from the water hose. Ah. Yeah, like you too. Like where it's like I saw people, we you know, with the stick with the little bandana on the end of it, uh -huh. hopping on trains and stuff <laughs> right? and getting in a boxcar and like they're all in there playing. Cards and eating baked beans from a can. Yeah, and cold. are you seriously considering this, Kyle? Is it? Necessary? I mean, it was a question. You know, it's not necessary. All okay, right. you guys are listen. You're doing great things. Yeah, yeah. Let's stay on great things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like All right. I yeah. am going to challenge That's you. Something. To come to you. Listen, we got a citizen law enforcement academy. What better thing for you to attend than that? Oh, did you get a badge? No hell. Oh, okay then. Hell I, no. No, no, no. <laughs> a sticker. No, I mean, I'll give you my badge, but it's ain't no sticker. good. A sticker badge. Uh, I don't think you're ready for a sticker yet, but, but there's some things we can <laughs> We got pens. We got pens and pencils. All right, you know. I'll take a pen, man. Listen, seriously, on a citizen law enforcement academy, you and I, I, I'm not going to say it's a privilege, but it's a privilege for you to kind of see the inner, you know, inner workings of how, what an agency actually operates. And, you know, people, you know, like you just talked about, Kyle, you know, the paranoia of, you know, and then you meet a person like Mike. He's a phenomenal deputy sheriff. He's got nothing against you. He doesn't know you, by the way. And everybody thinks that we, you all think that even though you're being local, local, 
You think we know your backgrounds? We don't know your backgrounds. Yeah. And most of our deputies don't really care what your backgrounds yeah, exactly. are. Exactly. The people's backgrounds that we know, we're looking for them. And usually they're, they're violent felons. And those are the people that, but to have a background for substance abuse or use, um, that's kind of the ordinary, I'll be honest with you. It's not, it's not like the small population. It's a sad thing that it's ordinary, too. Really you know is, what I mean? Man. It really is. Well, like, is. I did that, that we're going to get another question on that, but like, that's another good question. Okay. So, what's the craziest hidden compartment or like hiding spot you've found in a car? You know, so now, um, just with the simple technology that you, could pull this car into this studio and work on it tonight and make your own compartment. That wasn't like that back in the days. I mean, but... Um, or the most clever spot that someone had. Yeah, I actually had a car. This was years ago. Actually, my first methamphetamine arrest, it was, like, super exciting, by the way, because it just wasn't big when crack cocaine... Crack cocaine was everywhere. We found it everywhere. But I first... I, I made my first methamphetamine arrest. Um, this is back in the 90s. And the guy actually confessed to me that there was, he basically pulled, um, his stereo was a facade. So remember the days where this flip stereo would come off, just the face would come off? Well, his did come off, but back then was an actually decent compartment back there. Yeah, I used oh, to wow. use that before, too. And, and he, well, yeah, we found quite a few. Now it's not out of the ordinary, too, as well. I mean, I, I will tell you this, like, I mean, people have just got, I mean, listen, when, and I hate to say the word desperate, but when you have an addiction for something, we don't know what you're thinking, but you're willing to do anything. But, I mean, they've even made cans. I mean, now, I mean, you can unscrew them and oh, stuff. my goodness yeah. gracious, there's so many places now. But, I mean, really, people, uh, I mean, and I hate to say it, but th they're so desperate, they'll stick, you know, things in their their, their cavities of, the, of their oh, body. Oh, of course. It, I mean, it's hardcore. It yeah. is. And we've had, as you know, I, I'm, I will tell you one show. You talked about Yellowstone. Yeah. I watched that um, uh, smuggling. Uh, to catch a smuggler yeah uh -huh. i mean that show is just i mean because you watch people hide stuff but um that's really it was kind of crazy back then you gotta think in the 90s that was that was a big to do yeah yeah but we found stuff now i mean there's you name it we found it in there we got guys that work just interdiction yeah. on 95 and they can tell you they go to all these schools and stuff and they still don't know every place it'd be know? fun to do a ride along I'll you know what I mean? Like I'd be like, hey, that, there. I could look in his eyes, and I'm like, that's, that, I know. Let's let's help him get to his <laughs> bottom. You want to do a ride-along? Yeah, I'm down. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Can, well, can I want to sign me up, too. You know? Not together, because you got to do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get you two good deputy sheriffs at work, and you're really going to ride there and get a different respect for him. That, again, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. It's a small percentage of our men and women that are really assholes. I'm being honest with you. And, I, and it's every profession. It's the bakery and the Publix. It's freaking the gas station attendant. Every profession has their share of assholes. Yeah, of And course. mine does, too. Mine's not a exempt from it too as well but you'll see my deputy sheriffs they're totally professional until that other person goes down that road and you'll see them flip my females i got 78 females out of 528 deputy sheriffs you want to piss some people uh -uh. off i wouldn't piss a female deputy <laughs> sheriff off. that's yeah. uh when even in the jails man here same thing those you, you anytime you had a female guard you're like fuck <laughs> they don't. They don't play, man. Yeah, they I'm don't just play. imagining like China from the WWF, yeah. like rolling up with a badge See? on and like a baton, and she's like, "I'm not playing." You know? You remember the days of China and Sable, by the way? Remember yeah, Sable? yeah, yeah, Sable. Right, we'll go down to that. And X Pac, you know, uh, what I mean? Triple H. Yeah. Stone so, so hidden compartments really no big deal. All right, yeah. all right. Your turn. Your your question. Oh goodness gracious. Okay, so uh, let's follow up on this Tijuana. Yeah. Thing. Statue limitations ran out. It's in Mexico. Yeah. Were you trafficking? No. No, never did track. I, honestly, I sold. <laughs> I sold a lot of weed too. in college. That's yeah. how. So my parents were like very like, hey, you're on your own financially. Yeah. So when I went to college, I saw these kids with Mercedes and big screen TVs and big lifted trucks, and I was like, man, how am I going to get that? I was working as a waiter, and I got I just got my real estate license, and then I met some guys that were selling weed from a fraternity, and I was like, I could do this. So I had three grand in my bank. I went and I emptied it. I bought a pound of weed. Sold it in two days. Made six, boy. Entrepreneur. Made six hundred bucks. 
I was like, I'm never Quit working cash. again. Yeah, I'm never working. I quit my job. And <laughs> so, yeah. retired. And then I got up to selling, you know, a substantial amount yeah. of weed, right? I was like the Costco of Long Beach State College. Attaboy. You know what I mean? And then I ended this up. This is awesome, by the right? way. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting arrested for that. And that's I got. That's why I got sober you did at 23. Get arrested? Yeah, I did. I did. I got arrested for, well, I got arrested five times for in sales? a two year period. Yeah, distribution. And then my, my or the big one was the burglary. Right. Oh, okay. And it was yeah. for somebody that we were, we were, we kind of have like a, a hub of guys that were selling stuff. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I got out and I was, uh, I was just, I was just done, dude. I was like, I had nothing. And know? I'm not questioning, by the way, but yeah. the whole Tijuana thing just stunk of shit to me. You know, you think about your time traveling, you're down in Tijuana. Just, it was you know. just so cheap, bro. <laughs> you could go for $20. All you can serious? drink, all you can drink uh, for $20. Gotcha. And also it's like in, in, in spring break in college. Like, I don't know if they do this on the, they do this on the East coast. Everyone goes to like Key West and Deltona beach. Yeah. Like, they go to Panama city now. Panama city. Right? Yeah. yeah. Panama city. Yeah. That's so the, that's where I started out on my run. I ended up, I was like, I'm going to go out West and then I ended up in Panama city. And then just was like. Yeah. yeah, talk about time travel, and I wasn't even doing Xanax. You know? yeah. Two years later, I came out of it like, oh, whoa. Like, where yeah, was and, I? And the truth is, I, actually, funny story. So I went down to Mexico, and they have all these pharmacias, and you can just buy whatever the hell you want. You've been to Mexico before, yeah? yeah? You yeah. see all the pharmacies. You can yeah. just walk in there and buy literally anything. And so I walked in there, and I just like, I like to check prices, kind of like, you know, the stock market. And I'm like, okay, how much do you charge for this? How much do you charge for this? And then and then they were charging like six times more than street retail in America. I was like, this is a bad deal, dude. I'm over this. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, Tijuana was solely just for like, like on a budget, you could have a great time. It's like the, it makes sense. So it's still cheap to this day, really. Yeah, I mean, think about you know. I've never been. Uh, you don't want to go. Yeah, I, I recommend uh, yeah. after your graduation on Friday. Yeah, that I went to New been. Orleans after my graduation, which was everybody. Was, there was a couple of people like it's a bad idea. I'm like. First of all, no, it's not. You know, I'm going to see. Like, what am I supposed to do? Stay sober in Saint Augustine and forever? Than you that know, too as well. and yeah. uh, and and I stayed sober for a, a Saint Patty's Day parade, which was, I got yeah. to, you know, once again, I got to remember it. You know, yeah, and it was amazing. It's kind of crazy when you wake up. I assume when you wake up in the morning time, your function is like this. Life isn't too bad. Yeah. Oh, that time traveling stuff. I love yeah. that man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, time all right. Traveling. Here's again. Are there any gangs in Saint John's County? This is the this is the deal with St. Augustine. As you know, we're very we're we're, we're transient driven, meaning not not homeless, not vagrancy. You know, people are traveling through here to Daytona Beach, to Orlando. You know, um, dope and human trafficking and money laundering, gun laundering is probably the, the the most prevalent I've ever seen it before in this area. Oh no, kidding! Like back in the '90s, yeah. Whoa. So again, you know. We, we have a little bit of a, you know, of course, you're going to get some residual, you know, gangs from basically Jacksonville because we're so close. But as far as, like, organized gangs here, yeah, we got some smaller ones, but nothing like an inner city would have like Jackson would have. I never well, I thought just, about that. Uh, I asked because, like, my HOA, like, HOAs here feel like a gang. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. It's like they're all watching out in the neighborhood yeah. and like you know, yeah, old man Jim in there. <laughs> you know, that's like literally. I was He's like, like you only... gotta cut your lawn, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're leaving. Or I'm coming. They're leaving like ransom notes on your car and stuff. Now, Tires popped. We you refer know? to that to organized crime. <laughs> yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. They're not gangs. Yeah, it's H-O-A, like the mafia. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah. It is like the mafia, dude. <laughs> HOA is like the damn mafia. See, my H. I don't want. Everybody knows where I live in St. John's County. My HOA, man, they're so cool in there. You know, everybody does their own thing. You know, my thing is leave me alone, you know, let me live in peace. I don't have a whole lot of time, you know, and um, but my HOA is cool. I'm not in a gated community. So, you know, people come in and out as they want to. But uh, uh, I don't have that mafia feeling in my HOA. So it's not all HOAs. Okay, have you good. ever woke up like to people sitting outside your house or anything like looking like just scoping you out? Like, oh, that's a good question. Um, no, not really. Are you 
You're kind of smirking. I don't know. I don't know if I believe well, you. Well, <laughs> I, I, ha I do have some stalkers in St. John's County. Yeah. It's not like uh, ex-girlfriends, like normal stalkers. But um, I have people in St. John's County that are, I hate to use the word infatuated because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an arrogant person like that. But people are infatuated in my position. And yeah, what of I course. Do and decisions that I can make. And uh, they've, they've, So the good kind of stalkers. They're, they're like, they, they, they like you. It's well, not like they're like checking you out to see if you do anything bad or something to where they I, can I, pin you. I get a little bit. I get a little bothered about that. I'm very cautious too. Like I said, I mean, it's it's nice now when when life is clear when you don't drink and I don't smoke and I mean I I just I, my life is clear so I just pay attention you know because I worked a lot of high profile cases too that people are doing some serious time for. I think you guys remember, but I worked murder you know death investigations for 12 years. So uh, over four counties all the way to Daytona. So I'm just careful, you know, but I don't have an entourage. You know, uh, as you saw today, one of my staff members is here and she drove in her own car. I, I beat to my own drum. You know, I don't have a security detail uh, like other sheriffs do. Uh, I don't have a driver. I do my own thing. This is my hometown. And I feel like when the time is ready, the time is ready. And I'm ready. I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm not oh, afraid of nothing. That's awesome. Do you, yeah. I, one thing I want to say, too, is like, thanks for your – I know I said this already, but, like, you know, just for general public, like, yeah, this guy served our country, like, really served our country and, yeah. like, now serves the community. Like, you're yeah. really, like, a trusted servant. And, yeah. like, you've earned my trust, man. And, yeah. like, that's – that's cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I just I just had some things happen in life that, you know, good and bad. You know, I came back a different person from my last combat tour. It was 15 months and came back a different person, you know. And, and that's really, you know, I, I, I'm not going to blame that on my alcohol abuse, though. But, you know, I was drinking. And, uh, I mean, last night I drank. And I say 13 years ago. It's probably closer to 14 years now. But, I mean, last night I drank. I mean, I had 25 lemon drops. That's how I finished my night. It was, oh, nice. That's a good way to go out, It was a phenomenal. Man. But I, I went in the time travel. Like, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I woke up the next morning. You're going to remember that forever. Yeah, I woke up the next morning to wife going, you know, one of those things like, oh, good morning, honey. Like, you do that again, and I'll fucking take everything you have. I'll take yeah. your kids. I'll take your house. I'll take your car. I'll take your bank account. Crystal clear. That was my last day of drinking. That's you have to a, tell me twice. Yeah. When I'm you, telling you around, everybody's like, you just cold turkey quit. I'm like, cold turkey, brother. What I, kind of advice do you have for those that are um, veterans that are still struggling? Because the VA is, it's, you know, they're helpful, and then you hear some bad stories, but those sure. ones that get hooked on pain meds and stuff that are really struggling, like, what, cause like people out here, that, that this is the idea of shit face over is to really touch a, a, you know, wide range of audience, you know, people that are struggling, people that aren't struggling. Yeah. Know? And I, I don't want to sit here and bash, you know, the, the Veterans Administration because there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things for a lot of people that are are, are um, at their darkest points of their life, you know. But we come home different men and women, you know, from these combat zones. And I'm not speaking for everybody because some people, you know, I, I my medicine was my wife and my kids, and I was looking forward to to seeing them again, you know. And I, I'm a big black and mild smoker. Like, so when I'm on combat tours, I'm, I'm straight black and mild. Oh, man. Was it hard so, to get them out there? Uh, my wife would ship them to me. They'd get there usually within 15 days. She ship, she, I'd be on the sat phone going, she's like, what do you need? I'm like, I need some black and mild. She's like, I'm not condoning this behavior. This is bullshit. But how many do you want? I'm like, send me a case. She yeah. sent me a case. Oh, dude, I'm going to ride with black and miles in my Oh, in I, my I will car. do. I, I, can, I, I just I, like was, chewing on the things. Like well, the... it was for a long time. And I came home because I was smoking two packs a day, inhaling, you know. But, Holy you know, we're, cow. We're in combat. And I'm, a, I'm in charge. You know, I got a lot of young soldiers under me making a lot of life decisions. And I lost some soldiers. Jeff Warshow died with me. It's blood on my hands, literally. And, uh, you know, there's just certain things that I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave with that I'll just never forget. So I came home a different person, you know, and I mean, I would have easily taken my life for him if I could bring him back today, but it's just, uh, just not the way it goes. But anyway, so just a lot of, just a lot of stuff, you know, but I, I wouldn't take back anything because I love serving my country. It was an addiction. Um, matter of fact, I got hired by a company back then called Blackwater. Uh, I had an addiction to it and, um, and overseas, by the way, we're, we're not drinking. I mean, it just, you can't just, yeah. there's, there's no time for it because, you know, a lot of people's lives are in your hands. So. I don't know, just uh, crazy times, you know, but I feel like with that, I can sit on this couch and we can relate a little bit, right? Right. 
um, I, I can relate to people too as well. So you know, the other day I had a conversation and, and someone, you know, talked about, you know, food stamps. And I said, I, I've been on, my wife and I were on WIC, Women, Infants, and Children. Every Friday we got bread, egg, cheese, and milk on every Friday in Fort Bragg. And I was a soldier fighting for our country and couldn't afford to pay our bills. And, I mean, I gave plasma every Friday for 50 bucks, you know, so I could pay our water bill and have a pizza on the table and stuff when I lived at Fort Bragg. So don't come sit here and talk to me, you know, and lecture me on things that, you know, I just, I've, I've been there. So so I don't throw stones. Well, I sponsor, I, in, I probably sponsored... Uh, well over 100 guys in the last 12 years like yeah. mentored in, in the program and i've sponsored a few veterans and i can tell you that like the like the success rate but also just like the discipline that's like instilled in in a veteran that's coming and trying to stop drinking that discipline serves them in recovery yeah right because yeah. you're just like okay just give me an answer or give me a direction tell me yeah. exactly what to do and and it gets done yeah that's a good point yeah soldier it, yeah, right. I mean, it, and honestly, like, I got so much respect for it because it's no bullshit. I don't have to, like, kind of weasel and convince them, like, this is in their best interest. They're just like, tell me what to do. Yeah. And then you, you give them, you lay it out. And, I'm, I mean, unfortunately, like, I've had I, I've had somebody that was close to me that was a veteran and, and was lost. He was a combat veteran as well. And, um, I, you know, I heard about he passed away about a year ago. And um, it wasn't from, you know, the disease, but it was, you know, as a byproduct of what, sure. you, know, you know, psychological issues coming back. But, um at the end of the day, man, it's just like it's there is an answer, yeah. you know, and and this is a great question, too. It's like I personally believe you, know, you don't have to agree with it. But this is like why I love asking these questions to people on the outside and like kind of bring light to it. I think that the best chance at sobriety or to make your life better if you're suffering from alcoholism, whether it's a stint or pure full blown addiction and alcoholism is a 12 step program. And so just like from you as an, you know, an outsider, like, what do you think about, you know, the success that you've seen people have had in their transitions, like, you know, what do you think is the best, like, uh, you know, program for people that are looking to get, you know, off booze and, and drugs? You know, I've seen a lot of success, you know, with, uh, you know, Epic in St. John's County, their substance abuse program. And of course, I know, I know recently, Kyle, you've heard of that because they are a partnership with the recent drug court. But, you know, a lot of this relies on the support from family and true friends, by the way. You find out who your real friends are when you're in a valley. Um, because it's so easy to walk away from you. When you get in the valley of life and people be like, and I don't want to do this guy, you know, he's, he's bringing me down with him or he's she or she or she's bringing me down with him, you know. But I, I think the program we have here, you know, partnered up again with Epic, but um, some of the things we're doing different too as well with Stuart Marchman, you know, Behavioral Health Services too as well is I think that's one piece of the puzzle and the step, the 12-step program may work for one person, but the other, the, the program might work is your wife wakes up the next morning and says, you do that again, I'm going to take everything you have. Right. And, and realization that everything you have is going to be gone. And it doesn't take, it didn't take me to tell you me, tell, tell me twice. Yeah. She told me once and literally stopped drinking that day. And by the way, after that, I went to the FBI Academy in 2011. You want to talk about a drink fest, for goodness sakes, mm. up there in Washington, D.C. You were there sober? Yeah, <laughs> but listen, to, yeah, I went there sober for yeah. for four months oh, and man. didn't have a drink. I was a designated driver. I'm like, wow, this designated driver stuff is cool. Yeah, that's me but, too. Oh yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool. I'm like, you guys are idiots, by the way. I said, yeah, I act like an idiot, you know. But then you know, it's kind of cool because I was the guy at the hockey game that was the reason by going. Wait a minute, we're not going to fight. You guys are drinking, bro. Hey, listen, my buddies are drunk. Chill out, man. I'm sober. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is cool because all the times that people babysat my crazy yeah. ass when I was in the military, I'm like, I felt so bad. I was like, I used to call them on the phone, yeah. like, mom, like. I'm so sorry I was an asshole that yeah. night, you know. But I was the biggest pain in the rear end, honestly, when I was in the military to babysit, and I couldn't imagine. So I think certain programs work for certain people, but also, too, some realization of, you know, uh, you know, and Kyle, you can talk about this, but, you know, when your family stand behind you, I had my wife, and she said, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to clean this up together. I'm not going nowhere. 
Uh, so, you know, things like that. But again, I think there are programs that work for people. Um, but the biggest program I think we have now too, I'm a big, I'm a big, you know, a, a, a proponent of the drug court. I'm yeah. a big proponent of the v, the veterans court. I'm a big proponent of the possible mental health court we're going to have soon in St. John's County. I mean, let's give these people a chance and let's, you know, not turn our back on them and let's be innovative and think outside the box how we're going to help them. Yeah, I mean, and I, I know that Epic uses 12 steps. I know they that do. drug yeah. court forces 12 step. And I, yeah. I think like in combination, like accountability, but also like you said, you said perfectly, like family and friends, like yeah. you find out who's behind you. Yeah. I think so many people, when they slip in alcoholism and addiction, they burn so many bridges that yeah. they, they end up on an island. They do. And then that's why the 12-step program, I think, works so well, because that serves as a family or like an accountability around yeah, that's them, a good point. right, where they feel normal and accepted and loved. And then once they have that, then they start to get back their family. They start to get back their friends and their, you know, coworkers, and they get that, you know, that. Yeah, I agree with that. That's kind of, that's kind of what happened with me. Like I I didn't know anything about AA or NA before drug court and, um, and I was introduced to it and I was like, oh shit, I'm not alone, you know? And, um, you know, my parents and my family was always there, but they never forced me in. Like they saw me struggle, but they were like, this kid's got to figure it out for himself. And I think for me, that was the best route. You know, they weren't like oh, we'll put you in here or we'll do this for you. You know what I mean? That's, you know, my dad's a big, that's, yeah, way too easy. Yeah, like, too figure easy. it out. So, and once I found that I, a common group of people that shared a problem and then, like, you know, working tw- the steps right now, I'm on step four. And honestly, man, I, I, I say this a lot. Like, this 12 steps can work for any, I, I really think everybody in, a, in the world should just kind of go through it. You know, as yeah. even if they're not drinking or or anything like that, just for like, other challenges to clean house yeah, because you got like a it. lot of stuff inside of you, and you you know you can find a god of your own understanding if that's what you believe in. Sure. Um, universe, nature. I, I like the I, I I say I carry my gun everywhere with me. That's God, universe, nature, and um and then you know working through and cleaning house, man, and and then you you share with somebody else everything that you've done, and um that's a freeing experience. And then you go help out somebody else, you know. So, so I'm glad you said that, by the way. Let me cut you off. If you don't give back to where you came from, then shame on the two of you. No, right. right. You have to. I have to agree. I, yeah. I think it's medicinal for you, too. But you know what's funny was, uh, you know, when I when I stopped drinking, too, I had a friend, actually, because we had a coach's meeting, and somebody stuck a beer in my face that I've known my entire life. And he said, you know, called me some names. He's like, what, we don't drink anymore? What are you, you freaking, you know, what are you talking yeah. about? You know what I'm saying? I was like, you got to be kidding me, dude. I said, you, you haven't been in my freaking shoes, man. I've been in dark places and stuff. I've yet to talk to that guy ever again. We grew up together, too, yeah. as well. Those aren't your friends, by the That's way. That's what I see. My best friend in the world, um, who's in New Orleans, you know, and he's still out drinking and, um, you know, just enjoying life. And he knows he knows where he's at. And and there's no shame or guilt or anything what he's doing, but he knows where I'm at, too. Sure. And, I mean, we're walking around Sydney, and he's introducing me as a year sober to everybody. You I know, think and, it's he's, cool. and and he's protect. It's like a protection thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I felt safe I there. I feel like drunk people and are that's more a, protective. That's a real friend when you're when i've gone to bars and i'm the only sober person and i'll tell them oh i'm sober i'm openly sober about it no more shame right it took me like two years to get over the shame and now i'm openly sober and the people in the bars they'll watch me and someone will offer me a drink and they'll be like they'll be the ones to push the other person away yeah right because it's kind of like a like mama bird you know (laughs) that doesn't even happen with me anymore people don't even i mean i'm openly i tell people i don't drink and i always tell people there's a reason why i stopped drinking you know 13 or 14 years ago i always say that so and people don't even i mean but people know I mean, it was your sheriff too, as well. You know, I, I, 
I, I set a different standard. I believe, you know, I, I got to live, you know, by the golden standard of everybody else. I'm not saying that, you know, if you drink, you're, you're, you're something else. I'm not saying that, but I'm the sheriff of St. John's County and I get called 24 hours a day and I'm going to, I like, I like life being clear. That's yeah. amazing. You're a I love beer that. Donor, I love man. it. I can, a, I can get see you. you what does that mean? Cause I wanted to ask you beer donor, like a beer, like I don't drink beers anymore. So there's a lot more beers out there just floating around now. <laughs> oh, I thought it was you like know? you were coming and bringing beers for everybody else. The same thing. Yeah. Well, that's a Don't funny be that thing. guy. I, well, just like, see, I, I see you as the man at the cookout with the apron on, like flipping burgers and stuff yeah. and just like pointing and like see handing out beers <laughs> but too. But there's another thing too. It's like when you don't drink, like I'll I'll think logically about how many beers I'm going to dr- bring to the party or the picnic or the cook-off or barbecue. I'm like, okay, there's going to be this many people. I need to make sure, you know, I do the math on the beers and my math's always over. I'm like, each person's <laughs> going to have six beers, you know, and then they don't. So like when you go to like, like events and stuff and like you, you're responsible for like the food or the drinks and stuff like how do you do it yeah well i see for me they don't i, I don't first of all i'm very very private because being the sheriff in st john's kind of got to be extra careful i think kyle we talked about that a minute ago about you know i just i don't really hang out with people i'll be honest with you i really don't i mean I, i'll go to events and stuff and as you know the sheriff i get i go to a lot of events because i have to i am a politician still and i am running for election every single day and i attend a lot of events but i know when to exit stage left and stage right you know, but if someone, if I were to call or say, hey, we're coming to your house this weekend, you know, for something, you know, you, can we, you want us to bring beer or something like that? I don't have a problem with that. I could yeah. care less, you know. But my wife's a wine drinker. She'll have a beer with my sons every now and then. Um, but she's just not a really big drinker. She's the old, hard, you know, hardcore Catholic. We got to have a Oh, uh, yeah, there's a few around night. here. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> but with that being said, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, everybody knows I'm, I'm, a, I'm a normal person per se, but I am very, very private, you know, in the time I have off. My wife and I enjoy together with our two boys, you know, they're, I mean, two men, one's 32 and one's 26. Our kids are, but, um, and they're two phenomenal men that have great jobs, but I'm just, I'm just careful, but I don't really have to be anymore because everybody knows I don't drink and don't smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I do miss an occasional good cigar. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, you won't even do that, huh? Nope. Haven't done that. What if a Cuban was right in front of you? Wouldn't do it. You wouldn't? No. Oh, man. Uh Mm. And I had some of the best Cubans in Iraq, by the way. I'm talking about it had Saddam Hussein's picture stamped on the oh, side. Oh, shit. No you smuggle back any, or into the U.S.? Yeah. yeah. No, man. You can't <laughs> Not here. All right, so this is a good question. I'm just so, trying to get some information. Smoke, smoke yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay, There's all these, you. like, damn, like, end-of-the-world shows, yeah. you know what I mean, going on now. It's like yep. a popular genre. Okay, yep. so I want to know, because I'm always thinking, I'm like, man, when I when I moved here, I was like, what business am I going to start? And one of the businesses I had was, like, an end-of-the-world products, like, website, right, where you sell, like, MREs. Are and, you a doomsday prepper? Oh, I want to be. Don't say <laughs> preparing to me okay but if there was a wild end of the world event what would the sheriff want to have like what would you well how would you prep your family for that you know it's so funny i'm such a winger mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't prep oh whoa I, I'm, I'm that i'm that guy i actually am better off at winging stuff yeah and i'm a survivor i guarantee if something were to happen like that I recommend you stay very close to me because we're gonna have plenty of food and water. Just okay. know you just know where you're going. Do you? Because I have like for, for growing up here in St. Augustine, like I'm like I know which island I'm going to, like Rattlesnake Island or one of those islands. Yeah, but like see, everybody's gonna go there because you're local. Yeah, but I'm not going there. Yeah, where yeah, are you going? I mean, yeah, where would you go? I got a buddy who's got a sailboat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, stay well, on I mean, the sailboat. you can yeah. come by I mean, Rattlesnake Island. Place, and hang I'd out. Go, no, no, we're gonna head due east. <laughs> I go. I'd go and I'd go to the pharmacy and I get all the antibiotics and painkillers and stuff because like that's what people are gonna want to trade for. You know what I mean? You're going to want dry ammunition. You're thinking big. Antibiotics, painkillers, gold. gold for sure. And then you could trade for water and stuff. I have a generator, but See, like. See, I'm going to be your biggest robber, your biggest criminal, because I've right. watched it my whole life. Yeah. I will be your biggest pirate in St. John's County. I recommend you hang close to me. Okay, got it. Pirate. Yeah. 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 Like, 
dude. We're gonna survive. You ever seen Waterworld? Yeah. I'm gonna survive. I love Waterworld. I'm gonna survive, bro. Honestly, I love that Same. he was like he was diving for the dirt and like had that whole game fixed. You know, yeah. it was a good. We're, we're Hang with me. I'm serious. Done. Done. And I got I got a few military guys here that uh, we're very very close. We will all survive together. We got I enough gas. We can get one of those armored vehicles you got up there. I know you got a few Ooh, of those. We got a couple of bear cats yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Though, we're like, not gonna bring attention to ourselves. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. We'll just snipe, sit in the sniper post and just pick people off. Yeah. I, real talk. Yeah, I like, like you, you watch these. You watch these shows <laughs> and like the commu- the people that survive are the ones that like stick together and like some of them got their niche. Yeah, like, you gotta uh, have a little totally click agree. for sure. Yeah, you gotta have a little click yeah. right. Yeah, but you gotta think you have something like that happen in America. This country's gonna go crazy, man. Yeah, everybody's gonna be out there raping, robbing. I'm telling you, you know this country's crazy. Like the purge. That's right. So we're gonna sit on the roof of some some places. Yeah, you need high ground. Out. You need it like enclosed. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that to you because that's like your expertise. I got you, but we'll I'll make sure food. we get the supplies. Yes. Yeah, you know? we'll we might not be sober very long. We might go have a good time. Life short. Life short. I bet you boys can party too. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I'd be time we're just a time traveler. Yeah, time yeah we're time that was, that was, that's I'll wake up at any sure. time. Yeah. You know? I mean, we can wake up. Doomsday's over. But yeah. what do we miss? Oh, the whole world with the <laughs> shit. You want to know the thing, too? It's like the worst time to be like an addict at that time because it's like, where oh, am I going to get you're right? Exactly. Well, from I've you, always thought about that. From him, from Jeff, he's yeah. going to the pharmacy to take yeah. all the shit. Well, I, well, like because antibiotics, I like, think people are going to be injured, so there's yeah. like a, they're going to need their insulin uh, and their diet and antibiotics and stuff. And so, like, if you have that, like, you're the king of the trade. You Listen, know? my wife's a nurse; she hunts and fishes. We're going to survive. We're in good, you're in good hands. Hell yeah! All right, now we know where we're going, man. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> um, okay, you're up. You're up. Your question. Oh goodness gracious! Okay, uh, let's see here. Have. What was your worst experience with law enforcement? I got to hear it the from, worst? from your aspect of it. I mean, you got slammed. I get it. Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I got body slammed. My worst, okay. So my worst experience. I mean, with like law playing enforcement. dope on you and stealing. Oh no, I never had anything like that. Everything was always my fault, you know. And honestly, he I was probably in California. He was in a whole other world. Too. I probably yeah. did get a lot of love because you know I was like a clean cut. You're like, legit, dude. Man. Yeah, you, you, you own your mistakes too. I can well, see where you are. When I went to county jail, for example, like I'll tell you this story. This is a fucked up story. I brought drugs in with me to county jail. That'll so work. like you know when you're on, you're a hit. Right, they love you in there, right. man. Well, no. So, so what happens? I got busted. I bailed out. Was fighting my case, and then they sentence you, and then you have to go turn yourself in to do okay, your time. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, I went to a rehab in the interim that was like day for day credit, and so all these old timers from jail, like from prison, like this is my first time going to jail, jail, and the guys from prison were like, "You need to bring drugs in there, and you need to bring a lighter." Right. I was like, "Okay, cool." So I'll do that. So I brought it. <laughs> this is awesome. Right for survival. And so I How'd brought, you bring it? Yeah. Oh, man, I ain't getting into yeah. that. Yeah. There's, only one, there's only one Question place to put that in. Yeah, there's only one place, man. I'll let you do that. Oh, it's your earlobe. Got you. you know, he got a little earlobe. tense when he's saying this, so I can tell he's getting he a little nervous. Actually, I felt the, the couch but squeeze up. I, there's a great ending to this story. So I turned myself in. My mom and my my grandma, rest her soul, my mima, dropped me off on jail on a Saturday night, the day after my birthday. And one of the deputies took an interest in me. His name was Deputy Wu. He saw my family crying. He saw my, you know, he saw, he's like, you're too good of a kid to be in here. So I went in, uh, you know, I went to my, I was in the- I missed it too, how old? I was 21. Okay. And um, first time, like, really being in jail, jail. And um, <clears throat> I was in the staff kitchen, so we cooked food for the deputies. And they only picked, like, the clean-cut people yep. to be cooking food trustees, for the deputies. Yep. Yeah, trustees. Yep. And so, you know, right away, I went straight to the rep, right? The guy that was in charge of my, you know, my- I got you. you right? Oh, yeah. And um, and I gave him, without even introducing myself, I just set some stuff on his pillow. And he's like, he pulled me inside. He's like, you know what? I've been in here for over a year, and no one's ever brought me anything. And you were the least likely-looking person to you bring were me something. Right? And so he's like, right away, I got two sets of clothes. Everything was good. And then 
as six days in, one of the deputies pulls me out, Deputy Wu, the, you know, he was like my guard, my, my angel, man. And he was like, look, you're too nice of a kid to be in this place and it's going to ruin your life. And I was supposed to be doing six months. He got me out in six days on a special program called really? County Work Program where yeah. you went and you did like wash the sheriff's boats, wash the sheriff's cars, bury dead seals at the beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he got me out after six days and, um, you know, I got sober shortly thereafter and um, I tried to reach out to him on Facebook maybe two years ago. I, really? I, looked, I looked up all the deputy woos in the county, and I messaged every single <laughs> woo that was his name. And then, like, he saw, I saw one of the guys that I thought was him read the message. But I think for, like, security or privacy purposes, they can't reply. But I was like, look, man, I own a home today. I have a business. Yeah. I, I have a really good life. I've given back to the community. I sponsor guys. Like, what you, the, the grace that you gave me. Sure. Treat me like a human. It, right, yeah. it, the grace that you gave, like, cause I, I mean, I have grace tattooed on my back, and it's the, it's an unwarranted gift. I didn't deserve that gift that he gave me, huh. and um, and it may it, it was a ripple effect. Uh, it absolutely look, Kyle. You know, I was able to meet Kyle and Kyle sober a year now, and I'm not saying any, that's his his doing, yeah. but I mean, we did it together, right? And I kept me sober too. But like, what what Deputy Wu did in that moment paid forward and that's like that's pretty cool you remember that you remember that by the way yeah it's real yeah and i mean i you know it could have gone really different, bad different way yeah yeah so you didn't finish the story the cig apparently the lighter and the the weed made its way in oh there. yeah it did and it you made, were a rock star yeah in there i was a stud Darn right. you know but then also i had like gangs in there like i didn't know much about like any of this stuff i was like 21 and they were like one of the gangs pulled me out and he's like look like that the leader he was like oh you need to pay a tax and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Go talk to my guy. He's like, we're not paying no tax. And he's like, and then literally. <laughs> <laughs> Let me define it again. And he's like, we're talk he's like to go my back guy. and talk to this guy whose face is tattooed with a skull on it. Like he had a legit skull on his face. He's like, go tell him uh -huh. no. And I'm like, why can't you go tell him no? <laughs> he's like, no, you go tell him no. And then three hours later, I was out. Three hours later, that's when Deputy Wu pulled me outside. He's like, I'm going to get you out on this county work program. Don't embarrass me. It's only for, like, DUI offenders and stuff. But, like, you know, I, I think this place is going to make Yeah, you were too pretty for that place, for well, sure. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you were going down a road less <laughs> yeah. traveled, by the way. So by the grace of a higher power. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you were getting Yeah, intervention out of there. stepped in, for yeah. sure. Because you were getting ready to get tattooed. Yeah, no. I was, you were going to have face tats, too. <laughs> yeah. For sure. American yeah. Eagle on his yeah. forehead. Yeah, I don't know what was going to happen. The good-looking Jeff would not be good-looking anymore. Oh, uh, no, I'm easily influenced, man. You know what I mean? I'm very I easy. Well, I mean, like at that time <laughs> of my kidding. life, I was <laughs> I was susceptible to peer pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, some old like 80 year old guy named Smitty in my rehab that just got out of prison for like 30 years told me to bring drugs in with me, and I did it. Yeah, you yeah. listened off of an 80 year old, you know. But was, listen, though, you probably got two food trays. Oh, I had two, two sets pillows. of clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the blanket, the best blanket you could get. You know what I mean? But I, whatever, dude. You had I, some you know. leftover stuff there that you just passed off to the community when you got done? Yeah, uh -huh. I don't recommend you do it. Honestly, the likelihood <laughs> they're going to find it, and you're getting an extra time, and Deputy Wu is going to be there to save you is probably not going to happen. So if you're watching, don't do it. Just a quick follow-up question. Was yeah. it the, the, like the original like Bic lighter? Oh, the little mini the butanes. Boy. The little mini Bics. You know, those he's got to say that. You know, yeah. he's got to say the mini one. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little tiny lighter. Yeah, it was, it was the little, tiniest yeah. one, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Matching. It was, it was the Canon Barbie yeah. lighter. Yeah. 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 But yeah, honestly, like that, it was bad, turned into a good, like life changing moment. I have, well, you, listen, that you can sit here and talk about it and be human about it. Man, I love it, man. You guys, it's a special, it's special, man. Our, our friendship, I value it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it was meant to be. I like it. Well, that's one thing, too, I want to talk about. Like, I've always wanted to go speak at the jails, but because my background, like, obviously, it doesn't exist anymore. When I get pulled over, it was expunged. Yep. Um, and that was out of grace of law enforcement, yep. also. 
But um, I'm able, like, you know, one day I hope to be able to go to jail. And because I've been there, and literally I got sober with nothing. I was waiting outside of Home Depot for $8 an hour. I don't think they do that here where, like, day labor waits outside. I would do that because I couldn't get a job. as Yeah, you're hustling. No one else would hire you. No one else would hire me, yeah. Yeah. And so I was making 8 bucks an hour. I had no car. And I... I grinded my way out of there, out of that, out of that hole. Um, and I can explain to someone else how to, like, it took me 12 years to get where I am today. Yeah. If you put a gun to my head and say, do it over again or do it with this person, I could get them there in three if they're willing to do the work. Well, this is what you don't know, but you're going to be a part of my reentry program. I mean, it's, we have a lot of success, you know, um, as your share for the last two and a half years, we've reduced recidivism by almost 10 whole percent. We went from 20 to down like 17%. But my re-entry program is allowing people to get back into society and not put your head between your legs, by the way. We're going to help you get a job. We're going to help you get your driver's license or ID card reinstated. We're going to team you up with our veterans if uh, you know affairs if you have that. But this is the big thing. I got people coming into our re-entry program to interview people for a job. So before you get out, you get a job. And then once you get out, my deputies are going to come check on you going, hey, what's up, man? Hey, I, I can't get my pills, you know, from, you know, my, my prescription, you know, prescription ran out. We're going to help you get that stuff back. We're going to help you, you know, uh, with mental health and substance abuse. And by the way, the sheriff, as you know, you weren't in there, Kyle, but I walk through the jail all the time and talk to the people that are in the jail. I don't want to hear your woe story, by the way. I want to hear what you're going to do to get out of here. Yeah, yeah that's, a big, that's a big thing is getting past that shame and guilt that yeah. a lot of people, like, I harbored for so sure. long until I was finally, like, I don't want to hold on to like there's nothing to be shameful to be about, shame. you nothing. know, and there's a way out. And then, you know, meeting him and seeing the path that he took is like, I'm going to hang out with people like well, that. People. And there's so many people like that in this town yep. and a lot of people and, and across the country, really, and the world. But like a lot of people don't understand that it is it is a lot of work, but there it's a lot more work to stay where I was at. Have to you know? you. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more work, I would imagine to be on the other side of the fence that you guys yeah. lived on for yeah. a while. It's got to be a lot more work. And I couldn't imagine driving around going, I mean, everything's paranoia where you're going to get right. caught. I don't know. Well, I mean, once they get the hope, like, you know, they got to believe. And the yep. only way they're going to believe, like, you could tell them all day, you're going to get a job, you're going to get your credit score up, you're going to get a driver's license back, you're going to find a woman that loves you, you're going to find friends in a support group, and then you're going to buy a house. And they're like, not me, man. Yeah. But when they hear it from somebody that actually, like, did the work, yep. there's that thing where it's like, wow, I uh, think I can do right. it too. Yeah. I think I can do it too. And, like, no joke. I didn't do it alone. It wasn't like I discovered some new process. Other men in the program, my first sponsor was like, "Go, this is how the you same get, thing you're doing now." Right? Yeah. This is how you get your driver's license, Kyle. I was like, it took me three years to get my credit score from like a 500 to like you know something respectable. Kyle, I, I just passed that info to him and told him how to do it, and now your credit score went up to what? What are you at? Like 700 and change? Like almost 750 in two months, yeah. and it was at 600. Yeah. So and he it's saved, like shaved two years off. That. And I've already That's got awesome. people that are approaching me like, "Yo, how did you do it?" But the people. You know, my biggest thing is I didn't know how to ask the questions, you know, and a lot of people don't, you know, and um, a little embarrassing too to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. And and when he comes out and says stuff like that, it's like, damn, I do got to work on this stuff because I do want to have a big life and, and, you know, just be successful. And I think everybody wants that. And um, and then once you put that out there, you know. It attracts other people that want that, you know, and it's yep. it's a grassroots kind of thing. Well, it's like, it's like today, you know, me talking about, you know, the VA prescribing pills to me, you know, me quitting drinking, you know, and and I had a fake ID like, oh, this sheriff's a POS. So yeah. That's all people are going to say. I'm going to say, no, I'm not I'm a freaking human because I'm, I'm afraid. I'm no, not that's afraid. relatable. That's the thing. Like, if anything, any, I, I take a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, shit, he was, you know, 
fun to hang out with. I wish I could have had a lemon drop with Dude, I, like, all your friends from back in high school. No, I said 25 lemon drops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had say, like two of them. Uh, one, I'd probably still be drinking. <laughs> yeah. But no, I had to have two. I actually, you know how they bring a tray over to the table, you know, because we had a coaches meeting, so they bring a tray over to the table. Well, oh, you yeah, had I, your kids there I, with you? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. No, coaches mean like just the coaches in our other halves were there. And um, they brought over lemon drops. Someone had brought a bunch of lemon drops for all the coaches. And I was that drinker, like, nail them all, you know, because it's, it's mine. Yeah, yeah. You oh, were yeah, sharing. so I nailed them all, yeah. So <laughs> I basically set the, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. had, like, yours on the side. Like, make Bring sure another no one, one of those drinks. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing down. What was that place down in uh, Orlando called? Right there used to be uh, an island. It was a bunch of bars on there. I got Pleasure Island or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Well, I went there, you know, one time with a bunch of cops, and we went there partying with our wives and stuff, and somebody ordered a bunch of the test tube shots, you know? Mm. And there was, like, you know, 50 test tube shots on there of tequila and all this other stuff. I downed the whole damn thing. You wanted to try them all? Yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was good. I'm a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun back well, then. Well, that's why you're such a damn good shot. Overachiever, man. Overachiever. <laughs> yeah. One shot would have been just plenty, I'm yeah. sure, but 50 is even better, you know? Um. All right. Last question here, man. So you've seen the surge of fentanyl. I mean, everybody yeah. in this room, I think, has been affected by fentanyl in some way. Either they've heard of somebody's kid pass away from an accidental yeah. or purpose. People seek it out. And like, I think, you know, just the general public is starting to see like, oh, wow, this is a really like it's affecting yeah. Park Bench, Park Ave. It doesn't yeah, matter if you doesn't discriminate. Nope. The, yeah. And it's kind of like, um, you know, an epidemic. And, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing in terms of like, hey, it, like there's a human compassion to it where it's like punishment isn't going to serve this. Mm -hmm. What's going to serve it is like a partnership between, you know, the accountability and also like the recovery community. Right. So in terms of like what what do you think would help stem this, you know, this huge problem that is there, you know? You know, I'm going to say some things, and, and this relates to St. John's County, you know, uh, for your podcast that, you know, uh, you know, last year in 2022 alone, you know, we worked 35 fatal overdoses. Uh, we worked over 156 non-fatal overdoses. Our deputy sheriffs um, administered Narcan 186 times. And, um, you know, you know, fentanyl was created, as we remember, you know, as a time-release patch basically for cancer and terminally ill patients mm -hmm. and what's happened now is mexico is uh you know has produced that uh fentanyl more potent uh cheaper and more accessible so uh, you know I, I hate to use the word war on drugs because we're at war with a lot of things in society you know in substance abuse and uh, abuse of everything money everything uh, uh is, is is part of the american lifestyle but with that being said you know it's it's like we get down you know we we right now um, it's right now heroin, methamphetamine, uh, crack cocaine is back again, cocaine, you know, fentanyl. But this is the problem, too, is all. I, I don't, and maybe you guys can relate better than I can, you know. Listen, there's always been a, a lack of fear factor in using narcotics as an addict. I get it. I understand it. But people know now that fentanyl will put you in your deepest, darkest spot like that, that quick. So I'm going to back up a little bit. When I was working death investigations, a, a good friend of mine named Claude Sinaj, we grew up together. We grew up together, and Claude Sinatra's family uh, actually owned, damn, man. I don't get, I'm not an emotional guy because tears are, are weak for me. But anyways, with that being said, Claude Sinatra's parents owned a, a restaurant here in town called La Pavillon. It was on San Marco. Oh, you know yeah, talking the place about. is amazing. Amazing. Claude Sinatra grew up together. You know, he was an adopted kid, but his parents were really good to him. And when I was working death investigations, I got a call one night from the Bunnell Police Department saying, hey, we got a dead guy in a, in a bathroom stall down here at Pax Tracks. Pax Tracks is a uh, motocross track down in Bunnell. So anyway, so I get dressed and I head down that way and nothing. I didn't get any information on what it was. 
So anyway, so I get down there, and uh, Claude Sinatch was in a stall down there. He had his, you know, he raced motocross with me back then, and he was in his motocross pants and, and boots and stuff. He literally had a fentanyl patch on his on his pants, and um, he had taken a needle and injected the fentanyl gel out of there, and he basically barely touched his vein in his left arm, and he was dead on the dead right there when oh, I got there. Wow. And I remember it like it was yesterday, and I said, my God, I said, this drug is that potent. But he knew, by the way, Claude was a, sm a smart guy. But anyways, here we are, fast forward again. That was years ago, and here we are now. And I don't have an answer besides I've never been an addict. So I, I try to tell people that, hey, what can I do to help you get off of this valley in life, this dark death valley in life? And I don't have an answer. You know, we educate, we educate, we educate. But then you have a person uh, we can relate to just from Friday from, you know, graduation right. and made a, a choice uh, to, to, to stick a narcotic in him and he ultimately paid the price. Uh, so I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did because I wish I could fix all those people with addiction and say, hey, we're going to help you. Um, but I will tell you this. Um, it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know, because what's happened now is the chemist will make it even more potent. You think people in Mexico or in, you know, another country or in America care if you die of a fentanyl overdose? No, it's about making money. We talked about that a little while ago. So I, I wish I had an answer for it besides I, I just we're going to continue to promote saying, hey, we have all these resources out there, please, you know, or people like you and you that can come into my jail and say, dude, I've been down that road, man. You can get off it. You can own a house. You can get your credit score up. You can get your family back. Yeah. So I think preaching from people like you that have lived it is probably our best way out of this disease. It's going to get worse. I do. I think it's a demand problem by far because it wouldn't be there if there wasn't a demand for it. Have and I think the demand exists because you get down to the root of why somebody's using that. Like, why do I need yeah. such a powerful tranquilizer or sedative in my life? And it's because I I don't like where I am or who I am. Yeah. And in order to like where I am and who I am, I need to find somebody that can help me become someone different or become a better version of myself. Right. And I think that exists in the recovery community. So that's how you, so you solve the demand problem. Yeah. But the supply problem also, it's like, you know, I, I lost a business partner to an accidental fentanyl, over, fentanyl overdose last year, and um, the guy looked like Thor, 6'4", 280, handsome as shit, wonderful human. You met him, great guy. And um, and I'm a firm believer now that I think that if anybody is selling it um, and they're responsible for an overdose, that the, it should be the maximum, you know, penalty to, like I'm obviously there are circumstances where it's like I'm use I'm selling to support my use or whatever. Sure. Like you know there should be some humanity in that scale. But if you're like doing it like as a top level guy, like and you're catching these guys that are importing it, whatever life sentence, man. Yeah. Like you're destroying families. And I read some stat that was like if if the U.S. isn't gonna like you know the federally isn't gonna like in, instill something like that like they did with crack in the '80s, right? Like when they or right. was it the '80s or '90s? Yep. Um, where it was like mandatory minimums, like. Just from an economic perspective, I did the math, and I'm like an autistic math guy. Like, it's a fact. If 300 people, I think it's like over 300 people a day are dying of fentanyl overdose. It is, right? So 300 people a day. Let's say the average person's earning 70 grand a year, and they're paying 20 percent taxes. It's 177 billion dollars a year in tax revenue lost. Uh -huh. That's one year, right? And so if you, oh, I think that was like for the earning potential of those of that use. But if you compound that every year yeah. of people dying and then the loss of revenue. It's like, I think that's how the attention gets got is like, wow, we're actually losing revenue. And like, in my experience, a I lot of- I think about that. <laughs> point. Yeah, me neither. A lot of people are, 
are a lot of people in recovery are some of the smartest, high achieving. I've met pilots, doctors, lawyers. It doesn't discriminate. You said it earlier, yeah. right? Yeah, it doesn't discriminate, buddy. You know, there was a time, you know, we talked about crack cocaine users, you know, back in the day in the 90s. It was like, you know, it's, it's these people that have no jobs and you know, they're scum of the earth. No, they're not. The, the, does, the drugs don't discriminate people, and that's why I'm a big fan of we got to help everybody, you know. But, you know, some people want help and some people don't. But th there's – I wanted to say this real quick, too, as well. When I was a young man, you know, there was a guy named Len Bias, B-I-A-S. Len Bias was – I think he was out of Maryland. Um, he was one of the, the top basketball players in the nation, and he got picked up by the NBA as right out of high school to a short stint in college. And he did cocaine one time, and he overdosed and died. I never forgot that story because there was plenty of times when I was in high school in St. John's County that people would you know, stick cocaine you know, in front of our face to use. I just never did it because the timing was right when I heard the story with Len Bias going, damn, I don't want to die, dude. I got, I got you know, some hopes and dreams ahead of me too. You yeah. know? So with that, you know, but I don't think people anymore, you know, if you – you know, we talked about, you know, that person when we came in here today that recently died of an overdose, you know, just right underneath our nose. I mean, and it didn't open any eyes, by the way. People don't people don't care like what I did when I was young, when I saw somebody die from an overdose. So people aren't scared, by the way. They are fearless, man. Oh, you know, that's well, a they big, hate themselves. So well, that's damn a big much. point. Is that what it is? Really? Dude, that's honestly. a big point. I, yeah. I had a I had a moment and I even it was it was two years ago and I went to my parents during Christmas time and I said, look, I'm tired. I'm tired and I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, I get and it. um and and it was just tired of getting like life beat me up but it was really my doing but i went and went and got some fentanyl and i was like this is this is it man and really? i just kept waking up and i kept waking up and i was like i'm obviously not gonna die you know and um and i think a lot of people think that they're like oh well it's not gonna get me and some people are really beat down and tired but they're not they're not shown away and and it took getting to the lowest point of my life and then looking back on it like man how se selfish was that of yeah. me yeah to because somebody's gonna have to find me in my car you know I'm, and then i'm putting a lifelong hurt on my family you know what i mean and yeah. then that that right there now i owe back to that moment yeah. you know and it was it's a you know it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people but you know people you're not alone you know and at that moment i thought i was alone you know what i mean and is the high that good on fentanyl it's man if it wasn't people wouldn't be doing it yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, but if you know it's gonna cause you to die well, i mean i did you, like i did it when like this was 12 years ago i got sober before like it was a mainstream thing yeah. but like with the patches and everything yeah. and i got a guy that had cancer that lived down the road for me and i would trade him for it you know would barter because it was a better deal but it is it is great but the only reason i was using it was because i Man, I would drive by people and I would think I can never get a job like that. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to own a home. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to do this. I just had so little hope for myself because I didn't ask. I didn't have anybody to show me the way. And I didn't find that until I got into the recovery community. How, how'd you get out? How'd you stop? Uh, I, went to, I went to jail. Yeah, oh, I, I got jail. you. You were forced into it. Yeah, well, I went to jail. I and then I, I, right after I went out of jail, to jail, I went to recovery. I went to rehab shortly after and I was able to get enough physical sobriety. I think that's important is that you get the, a lot of people that go to jail and then they get sober, but they yep. get sober in a program because they got the physical sobriety and then they have the sanity back a little bit. The yep. wheels are going and then they're introduced to somebody that gives them hope and they're willing to try something new rather than going back. Fair enough. It's accountability at that point too, because like whenever I got into, you know, the full swing of things and I knew that it was, it was time for me, you know, the, the desire to drink and use drugs had been gone, but I, I never, I'm not ignorant to know that the fact that that possibility of me wanting to use or drink I get could it. come up. But now I have a solid group of people around me and I know that I can reach out to anybody. And that's the biggest thing is like, you know, after jail or any kind of stints, you know, 
they people need to know that there's a, another side to it and yeah. and to get connected because the worst thing is coming out and feeling like you're just going back to nothing you know i, I mean there's got to be times you look in the mirror going this isn't me i mean this isn't me Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, that's a big thing. That's why we're on this freaking podcast is to like let the general public know that like, okay, 12 years ago I was dying. I just got it was out of life jail. after death. Right. Yeah. I was 168 pounds and I'm six foot eight, man. I'm a fucking big dude. And like I was bones and now I own property. I have a business. I'm a respectable member of my community. I give back. I'm married. I'm a good husband, a good son, a good brother, a good friend. Yeah. And like, I'm a man of my word today. And like my lawn, my house is nicely kept. You know what I mean? Like, I, right? I got problems. HOA. There ain't no HOA in my neighborhood. But like, you know, I pay my tags. I I am a, I pay my taxes. Like, I'm a good member of society sure. today. And like, and I never thought that I would be this person. And today, like a lot of people look at me and they're like, I never would have thought you're an addict. I never would have thought you're an alcoholic. Which makes it even more real, though. How, how many years of your life did, did, did you waste on on being an addict? From Well, I mean, like from when it was really, like I first drink was 13, so 10 years. But now it's been longer than, I've been sober longer than I drank and used for. And how about you, Kyle? Uh, from, I first started smoking weed and drinking when I was 15. And I smoked weed before every day, before school and every baseball game from, High school to college, and then I started doing opiates when I was 18, 19. Yeah, I heard this. So there was like 10, 13 years of me. It's gone. Can't get it back, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But on, I, I'm going to be real. Like, if I would have gone to college, honestly, I would have loved, even now, like, I love regimen and, like, being told what to do, you know? And I learned that from Jill because I just, like, knowing what the schedule is. And, like, I would have been a great person to be in the service. You know what I mean? Just tell yeah. me where to go. Me too. What to way. wear. Yeah. Right? I love consistency like that. But, like, I don't think I would have got as far spiritually, happiness, materially, had I not gone through that. Well, here's another thing, too, is... very powerful. As, uh, as, you know... I don't like to say I wasted this amount of time because, you know, I did learn a lot. I met some great people. I had a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, we just had a guy on here the other day. He's turning 89, and he's almost celebrating 47 years of sobriety. Wow. So he didn't get sober until he was 40, you know what I mean? But wow. he's got this big life, and, you know, he can share that message. He got sober at a younger age. There's no there's no wrong age to get sober if you recognize it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and so I look now, you know, I got sober when I was 33, and um, 34 now, and I still got so much life. I had a great time. You know, I could put that behind me. Sure. And but the message is that it doesn't matter. You know, what age you are, if you can always Start turn your life. I around. agree. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what age you can actually turn it around. I mean, even if you give me a normal guy that's stuck in a job and miserable and whatever, and you're saying like, "Hey, help me build a life that I'm happy about," right? I'll do it. Uh -huh. I'll tell him what to do. Right? It doesn't you, have to you, be in my. You got to come to the jail. Right. Are, you, yeah. are you ready to come there yet? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're you're a little bit more harder because, I mean, you're local, local, man. Yeah. You're local, local. So you're going to know 90% of the people in there be like, Well, oh, that's a good thing. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, my nephew's in there. Well, he don't get housed in my jail. He goes to another jail. But anyways, I mean, I've coached those people. I grew up with those people. Yeah. I mean, so I can make a difference in my jail. I love it, man. And I, you can too as well. I'm you know, dude. That's what keeps me safe. It. Sure, right? it should. It should. I'm ready to go for that ride along. Man, these stories. Oh, I'm gonna get you a good one. <laughs> that's like, gonna be fun. If you like a really, really wise man that I respect asked me, I was going through a hard day, and he's like, "Is anybody gonna remember what you did today in a hundred years?" And I thought about it. And I was like, "No, none of my decisions today will be remembered." And then I started framing what I do on a day to day basis to where. What could I do that would be remembered in a period of time? Like, what is yeah, worthwhile today? 
And like for you, like you may make a difference in one of those guys in the jail, yep. and then that, that that just like Deputy Wu did for me. Sure, but right? you did though, right? Yeah, you're never going to forget this, and he's not going to forget it either. Oh right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are other guys out there too, and it's just like guys did for me, and I I make sure to let them know I'm grateful. Yeah. you know. And so like, dude, I'm happy to go over there and do that. And uh, you're, it's exciting too as well because these are people that have been in, that you were in those shoes by the way. So don't you're not going to forget where you came from. Nope. And you're going to say, I sat in those shoes. Don't freaking lecture me, man. I sat in your shoes, Yeah, dude. no excuse. You can get out of here. No excuse. Yeah. Are, are you? I want to ask you a question. I know this is uh, probably not appropriate, you know, but are you worried about relapsing? Um, I, no, I'm not, actually. And that's one thing. Yeah, I have no. And that, and that goes back to the accountability um, and just being, you know, I was introduced to this this life. And, and I'll tell you this right now. So the very first step is uh, in the 12 steps is to admit you're powerless and all this, you know, that's. And to recognize there was a problem. And I did that first step um, before I violated my probation, walking in a trail in Stokes Landing at the conservation area at like 3 or 4 o'clock in in the morning. I threw up my hands. I said, something's got to give. I can't do it no more. And then two days later, I was behind a jail cell, and I was like, you know, if I if I was to go out and do something again, it's a slap in God's face, you know. And fair enough. And um, so I take that to heart. And um, then being introduced to guys like Jeff and – and a lot of people, you yeah. know, there's been a, I mean, the community, St. John's County's Special got a place, bro. great recovery community. Special place. And um, and for me now is a big thing. I want to go travel and see meetings yeah. and go meet those people because I've been on Zoom meetings that are, you know, there's people from the West Coast all the way to New York. And, and I'm like, holy shit, man, these guys are going through the same thing. And it's powerful. You know what I mean? There's nothing in the world. There's a, there's no high that I've gotten that is as good as what I feel today. You know, it's funny when I was running for sheriff and uh, I, I started saying some things like, you know, I've been, you know, sober since, uh, you know, it's been 13 years and stuff. And some people, uh, you know, said, hey, I recommend you don't do that, man, because you're this cookie kidder, you're cookie cutter kid in St. John's County. Everybody thinks you're flawless and you need to run this type of campaign. And I said, absolutely not. So I want everybody to know. By the way, my true people know who I am, too, by the way. And I'm not afraid of it. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it, too, as well. I'm human just like everybody else. I just happen to admit it and I happen to wear a uniform. So with that, you know, during the campaign and, uh, you know, my campaign manager, too, I, 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 we sat down at my dining room table in my house and she's like, hey, what are some things that, that uh, you and your wife are going to come out during your campaign? I laid it all out there, period. I wasn't afraid of it, too. And that way they didn't get caught off guard. The community didn't get off, got off guard. But when I started speaking in public, I would say things like I haven't drank in 13 years. And by the way, there's a reason why I stopped drinking. I mean, everybody's like, OK, this, this dude's real, too, as well. And I talk about, you know, how I was arrested when I was 18 years old by the beach PD that I ended up taking over as the sheriff, you know, I talk about being on, you know, WIC and I talk about my wife and I, you know, filed bankruptcy back in the nineties. I mean, I got the military and I mean, we, we were living on basically food stamps, you know, I mean, with credit card debt, we just got deeper and deeper in credit card. I mean, we couldn't afford the time of day because I went from a military post where they pay for everything to society here back home in St. Augustine's like, Oh God, you know, everything's going to be on credit cards because I can't keep up with these friends. I, I'm not afraid to talk to me like, yeah, I'm not, you know? And again, the same woman, in this profession, in military profession, I stay by my side through thick and thin, and I don't take that for granted, too. I don't take her for granted, either, I mean, because she stayed right there. And, again, multiple combat tours coming home as a different person, you know, so it's pretty cool, man. That's it's, amazing. And look now at I'm, you I'm, now, I'm, I'm That's amazing. But not look at you. Look where I'm sitting. Yeah, right. I mean, but, like, the, the same rebound, right? Like, where you were to where you are now. By the way, it's so like, different than two of you, by the way. Right. It's just different roads, less traveled, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But it's still that human experience that we all search for, you know, and, and living a good life. And you're doing yeah. that, man. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. Blessed. And we are blessed. You need man. to change that tattoo in the back from grace to blessed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll go with you. I love tattoos. Yeah. I got, I got yeah, he don't. 
You know? Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I started doing tattoos and I, I started drawing and, and got an apprenticeship at a tattoo shop. He's like, bro. <laughs> Well, and then this, I made, it's not this, wise to get tattoos yeah. your first year sober because you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, true, true statement. I mean? Right. Yeah, true statement. And I got to learn to take direction. You know what I mean? Because you know, I, like, I still got to remind myself, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know uh, what yeah, I mean? True. Like, and, and I think, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. You know. Well, anyways. <laughs> real, quick, real quick, I got to tell you this. This yeah. kid could be playing professional baseball right now. Yeah. I heard. I'm telling you right now, the kid was a freaking stud. Yeah. I heard he was. But anyways, here we are yeah, sitting man. on the couch I, bullshit. You know, I'm still you know? skinny, yeah. though. You know, I mean, I've been this size since high school. Yeah, but they would have juiced you up, though, <laughs> in college. They would have put some meat yeah, on your ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, thank you guys for watching Shitface Sober. Sheriff Hardwick, thank, thank you. you for coming, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. And, yeah, yeah. and your service to thank our Thank you for what you're doing now to help so many people that are in those dark valleys with addictions. They couldn't do it without the two of you. So I challenge awesome. you, man. Just keep changing lives. Dude, one at a Thanks. time, man. One at a time. All right. Shitface Sober, we're out of here. Yep.